All right. Good morning, everybody. How are you? Well, let me officially uh, say Merry Christmas to you. And uh, we're excited about today's services. We've had an amazing uh, service already this morning, and I hope you guys are enjoying biscuits. Were there still biscuits out there? Krispy Kreme donuts? What is Christmas without Krispy Kreme, right? I mean... I think that's, uh, that's some pretty awesome stuff right there. Well, welcome. My name's Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff. And before we dive in where we're going to go this morning conversation-wise, let me just brag on our church. Uh, the last few weeks, we've been preparing for, planning for, uh, serving uh, a whole apartment complex. And so what we did, we devised this idea to ask for you to partner with uh, all of us in, in putting together boxes, one per each family, apartment unit, and we just gave Christmas to 130-some families yesterday at Bull Creek Apartment Complexes, and I just want to say awesome job to you guys, and I got some photos from yesterday. Here's some photos from yesterday. It was quite a fun day. We had a bunch of people, a lot of people show up and help us load the truck, and then we went over to the complex itself, and we had fathers and daughters uh, take and walk each one up, and we had like our little scripted speeches ready to go, and what to say, and I tell you what, people were, we, they were very, very, it was our first experience uh, relationally with these group of people, but we, we really felt like, man, they were so appreciative. We had, we kind of were throwing a party at the same time as the people were passing out stuff, so we actually had a guy in our church, his name is John Hodges, uh, who is a DJ and a professional break dancer. So John I mean, he livened it all up. We got all the kids to come out. We had them line dancing, my wife line danced. I was going to show you a video of her and also Susan Griffinhagen, but I didn't bring that with me this morning. Just Susan feels better, so does my wife. But I did bring one of John. Let me just show you how live it was. It was pretty awesome. Um, I taught him all these moves, um, and he was, he was showing off, so I said, go ahead and show, show everybody what I taught you. There was some music with it, but... I think we it might have been too little too wild. All right, now the next move was my signature move. This one right here, I taught him this. I taught him that. But when I do it it hurts. When he does it it comes out flawless. So anyway, so we put a word in for uh, John. His he goes by DJ Atlas, right? DJ Atlas. You never know who's in my church, right? We didn't I mean, I look around I'm like, we got some awesome people around here. This guy was sponsored by Red Bull. So I'm just saying, he teaches dance here in our city. Also, military guy. Come on, one of the military guys is a stud. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And so if you ever, you ever need someone to come to your, I don't know what you need a party for like that, but he can throw a party. But he's for hire, man, and I want to put a plug in for him. So if you're looking for somebody to come to your house, your kid's deal, your event, what a, what a great heart. And we're going to continue all year long with thinking of ways we can serve that community. Uh, we're, already, we're already talking about maybe a big, huge concert that we would put on our band and add to the mix and do a big concert out there. And uh, we're talking about getting John back out there. And he's just interested in going out back there on a regular basis and teaching kids how to break dance. I'm like, I'm in. Because they need me. Because I would help uh, teach people. So anyways, all right. So let's talk about Christmas. How many of you guys... You love Christmas. I mean, you really seriously, you get, you get stoked, you get fired up about Christmas. Raise your hand. Come on. I, I am. I'm with you. I like Christmas. It's a lot of fun. But if I'm, if I'm being truly honest, the older I've gotten, the more complicated Christmas has gotten. 
I mean, it's just gotten complicated, right, for me. I mean, it, like back in the day, I, I didn't have anybody in my life. I mean, I had mom and dad, but I mean, you know, I'm kind of like running solo. And so pre-wife, I mean, I wasn't that great at even girlfriend gift, gift giving until I met my wife. And then it was like all in. But I mean, after we've been married since 1993, um, <laughs> So 1993, that's, I mean, as time goes on, it gets complicated. I mean, I've had to learn how to understand some things. Like, guys, can I tell you, I think one of the reasons Christmas is complicated um, is the whole gift-giving thing. Um, and let me just give, give caution to you guys out there. Um, if, if you ever hear this from your girlfriend or your wife and they say something like, um, don't, don't worry about me, I don't need anything, can I just tell you, fellas, it's a lie, all right? Straight up, women, they lie. And that, that's one of them right there. And so I'm just going to say, guys, woe to the men. Be cautious because that's, that's not the truth. They want a gift. And it gets complicated. I mean, trying to get, like, the, the perfect gift, the right gift, and it be a surprise, that's difficult. I can go get the right gift. That's easy. You go to the mall. You bring them with you. You go, okay, which one do you want? They point it out. You send them off shopping for something else. You go grab it. You buy it. You go home. You put it under the tree. tree deal done. You got the right gift. But when it comes to surprising them with the perfect gift, that's hard. I don't know how to do that. How do you surprise something, give them the perfect right gift, and it be a surprise? And, and I, I haven't figured that one out yet, and I've been married 21 years now, so that's difficult. When you throw in a few more kids, that gets more complicated, and then they start getting boyfriends, and then you start thinking about where you're, whose house you're going to go to. You throw in a divorce, or you know, you throw in cousin or uncles, and you're trying to decide whose house you're going to, who's coming to your house. I mean, you, let's to be honest, some of you don't even like the people that come to your house, <laughs> right? Some of you guys like, some of you guys are wanting to know in advance, like, Okay, now whose house is this we're going to? Now how do we know them? What part of the family are they from? And don't do this. Don't ever ask how long you're going to be there, right? That will get you in trouble. That's really, I mean, guys, I'm telling you, this is difficult for a lot of us. I mean, I'm not good at shopping. In fact, this year I just said, Christy, let's not go shopping at any store. Let's get it all on Amazon. And I think we went out one time and got gifts. And Amazon Prime is like, we love Amazon Prime. You can, you can order it right now in your seat during the service. I don't care because it could be at your house before you get home after lunch. I'm just saying, <laughs> they're that good. But I'll tell you what, one of the things that, that Christie's helped us a lot with is the whole, where, where, what holidays are we going to whose house and when? Have you guys ever dealt with that before? I mean, that can be, that can be very difficult. Let me help you guys out. I basically just surrendered to Christy. She said earlier in our marriage, she said, baby, let me just come up with a plan. And so she went off and came back and offered up her idea of like whose house we should go to for what holiday. And I was going to show you this. This is her plan. She said this is where we would go to for her family on, on the, these holidays, all right? So her family gets Thanksgiving, Christmas, Memorial Day, and Easter, all right? And I just said, all right, I didn't know any better. And she said, this is where we'll go for your family, Halloween. Groundhog Day, Arbor Day, and National Earth Day. And I'm just saying, guys, we've never had a problem, right? There's never been a problem at all. Uh, you, just, you just need to know in advance how to handle this, all right? Let me just, woe to you younger men 
who are new at this. Just give in and just do what they say. I'm just telling you, it just works so much easier. All right, but, 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 but things can be complicated. And now, let me just say this. I don't know how to uncomplicate uh, Christmas in your household or where you go or who comes to your house or how long you stay at the, the guy's house you don't like so much. I'd love to sprinkle some, some pixie dust out there and go like, we can fix all that, uncomplicate that. I can't uncomplicate that. But what I'd like to do today, I'd like to uncomplicate the message of Christmas. Because I think the message of Christmas can get so so messed up, so complicated. And let me just say, if you're a guest here this morning, and you only come maybe Christmas, maybe Easter, although we meet all year long, um, maybe, maybe, maybe you showing up on those particular times, or maybe whenever you've come to church, you've walked out of church and you've gone like, what? <laughs> what was that all about, right? And I just want to say it's not your fault, it's our fault, <laughs> It's, it's, it's my fault, it's preacher's fault, it's, it's church's fault. If we have ever done anything that would cause you um, to think any way different than the simplicity and the greatness, the goodness of, of the Christmas message. So here's what I want to do. I want to walk us through just a couple real cool, simple passages to help us simplify uh, the real meaning of Christmas so that you and I can all be on the same page and walk away with like the, maybe like an aha, like wow, this is uh, easy to understand and man, this is right up my alley and something I can sink my teeth into and is, is really good, good for me. So let me, uh, let me pray for us real quick and then we're going to dive right, right in and I'm going to walk you through a Christmas story. God, we love you. And Jesus, I just want to say that it's, it's because of you that we are here today. God, it's because of you that we, that we celebrate. And God, it's because of what you said and, and the guys who were eyewitnesses that, that were able to jot down the eyewitness witness accounts of what you did that we can, we can know with certainty how you felt about us, how you viewed us, how you thought about us. And Lord, I pray for the person today who is wrestling with um, what you think about them and how they think about you. And I pray that this would take the blinders off, um, take, take, take our heart and bring us to a place of real understanding, God, of what you want us to know and how you want us to view you. So God, be with us in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, Luke chapter 2 is where we're going to jump in, and I want to read you, read you a couple lines of the Christmas story. It starts out with an angel showing up. Some of you guys, maybe when you were a kid, uh, you, were, you were an angel in a play, or maybe you were a donkey. Uh, I feel bad for those of you guys that were a donkey. I played the donkey before. I have literally got on, got, we, we do this at Christie's parents' house. One of the traditions is her dad tells the Christmas story. I've never got to tell the Christmas story. I'm always on the ground on four, uh, on fours because that's what donkeys do. Uh, and I'm always carrying my wife who always ends up being uh, Mary. And I uh, carry her in and, and she gets a ride and I carry people around. That's what I do on Christmas. So anyways, so I look forward to that next week and uh, excited about it. So maybe you picture yourself in the story uh, that I'm going to tell you. But wherever you're at, uh, this is what happened. Uh, just really 
2,000 years ago. And this is the, this, the same story that has been talked about, celebrated for many, many years now. So Luke chapter 2 says, But the angel said to them, so all of a sudden you know there's an angel on the scene, there's people around, and he says to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you, and this is what we're going to talk about today, I bring you what kind of news? Good news, right? Good news. So all of a sudden you got this angel showing up, which, which all of a sudden here's something new. Uh, they haven't seen an angel before, probably bright lights, weird person shows up, they're like, all right, what's up? They don't know what to expect, so he tells them very quickly, I'm here and I'm going to shed some light on and I'm going to bring you good news. So this story, the whole mentality, big picture of the Bible, and especially now as Jesus comes on the scene, Scripture comes out really quickly and really clearly to say this is good news so angel shows up don't be afraid anybody don't be alarmed don't be scared i bring you good news of great joy that will be for who for all people red yellow black white this news is for everybody not for some not for just a select few not for those people you thought might have been just for them i read it in the bible i thought it was for just those people or i thought Maybe because I've done what I've done before, maybe it would be for, not for me. But this clearly says good news for all the people. Why? Because today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. That would be Jesus. <laughs> all right, this is good news. There's a Savior here, right? Woo, 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 right? This is all of a sudden like earth-shattering news. Some people had heard about this dude coming. I mean, God had predicted it. I mean, in Old Testament, there's prediction after prediction after prediction saying there's going to be a, a, a savior. There's going to be a guy who shows up. He's going to come. He's going to be born of a virgin birth, born of a woman, and, and he's going to be the savior of the world. This has all been predicted. So now all of a sudden, the angel shows up and he's saying, it's happened. And this is good news. So let me just say that if there's, if there's ever, ever been, ever been a moment in your life where somehow somebody made you feel guilty or condemned or distorted any of this not being good news, I want to apologize for that. It's not your fault. It would be my fault. It would be faults of any person out there that would subtract or add to any of this because this truth is the best truth, the greatest news that's ever been given. And so we think about good news for just a moment. Think about a time when you got good news. Maybe it was your your wife running in saying, I'm pregnant, right? You're thinking, good news, right? Maybe maybe you're a student and maybe it was your your college professor that uh, sent their assistant in and said, hey, everybody, guess what? I got good news. They're not showing up today. And you're like, yeah, class is out. And oh, by the way, bonus points for everybody. Everybody gets an A. That's good news, right? Good news is just straight up good news. There's nothing like that you're going to be thinking about other than, oh, I'm getting good news. That's just like, wow, good news. You're not thinking of like uh, half and half of like good news with some bad news. No, this is just straight up 100% good news. It's like, you know, the rarity of showing up at a, at a, a shop with your car, 
trying to get things looked at, and they come out and say, hey, I got good news, and you're going, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to car shop, right? They never come out with good news. They come out with like, you need to get the air filter replaced. You need to get new tires. You need your muffler shot. You need your transmissions blown. I mean, you know, but I mean, imagine them coming out. Hey, I've got good news. You'd perk up, right? I've got good news. You don't need any of the stuff you came in you thought you need. You don't need it. In fact, we went ahead and added a, a, a fixed AC for you. So all this is good news. So you got something going on here that's good news. The, the message of the gospel, I want you to grasp this today. The message, and the word gospel even comes from the word good news. The message that they were giving that day was 100%, not 99%. It was 100%, I mean, good news. And so let me just say this. Good news is not straighten up. Good news is not... Fix it up. Good news is not thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Now see, that's, that's old news. That was the old news. Jesus, now on the scene, the angel says, it's not half and half. It's not good news and oh, fix this, solve this, straighten up. No, no, no. This is just good news now. This is all the good news. This is like, this is the good report. This is like, hey, something's changed everything. In fact, it, 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 it broke history right in half. We got like a whole new system of how we, we count days now and, and, and track numbers in and, and history based on this guy, Jesus, who shows up. This is 100% all good news. It's not straighten up. It's not fix things up. It is 100% good news. In fact, it is, it is, it is different than every, every other religious system out there. Every other religious system, every other religious system says, you got to do all these things, fix things, straighten up, clean up, get it all right, in addition to the good news. But this is, this is, this is 100% good news. This is the gospel message. And so this is what we want to look at today. We want to clear this up because, uh, because this is powerful for us. This is something I think all of us could walk away with today with 100% clarity about how God feels about us, how God looks at us, and how we can look at God. And so I want to look at this guy named John. John in the Bible uh, wrote uh, and recounted all these experiences with Jesus. And many, many would say that John was one of the closest guys in Jesus' circle. He was, he was a follower of Jesus. In fact, <clears throat> Jesus... Um, regarded John as such a close comrade that he at one point said, hey, when I'm gone, I want you to take care of my mom. Now, you know you love somebody and you think they're pretty special. You go, hey, when I'm gone, you take care of mama, right? And John, John literally took that on very seriously. He actually moved near where Jesus' mother was and he took care of Jesus' mother. So all of a sudden, you got this guy, John, who is now getting older in his life and he's starting now to get questions asked of him as Jesus has gone on and, and risen from the dead and gone on to heaven. Now all of a sudden, <clears throat> history's happened, time's gone on, and people are showing up asking John, Hey, John, you were an eyewitness guy with, with Jesus, right? You saw him. Didn't you eat with him? Weren't you around when he died? Weren't you around when he rose from the dead? I mean, weren't you there? And he's like, yeah, I was there. So John starts realizing, all right, We've got to jot this stuff down. We've got to start writing all these things down. So John starts writing down everything that he remembers about his experience with Jesus. 
And he knows everything about Jesus. He, 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 literally, he literally was with Jesus on most every experience that Jesus had happened. So he starts writing things down. He's getting older, kind of like, you know, like, like imagine like your granddad uh, is getting older. And you want to know about your family heritage. You want to know all about where you came from. And so people are showing up and they're, they're, they're extracting this stuff from John. So in the middle of John, in the book he writes, John, as he's telling this experience that Jesus has with this guy named Nicodemus who comes to Jesus and, and John's writing their back and forth bantering. Jesus said this, Nicodemus said this, Jesus said this, and Nicodemus said, hey, how do I do this? And Jesus says, this is how you do it. All of a sudden, he bubbles up and swells up with like, all right, wanting to clear up any confusion, he blurts out and writes one of our most famous phrases that we know about, about God. He writes in John 3.16, you guys know this, all of a sudden he blurts out what no one really, really grasped at that point. I mean, people back in those days still, the, Rome, the Romans and, and, the, and the Greeks, I mean, they're still, they're still, you know, worshiping Zeus and Apollos and naming planets and that's their gods and, and, and John's still recognizing this and he's going, all right, I got to clear up the confusion. So as he's telling the story of Nicodemus, all of a sudden, right in the middle of that story, he pops in John 3.16. So I want to look at this this morning and show you why this is good news. So here we go. John and John 3.16 says, let me just explain to you this to help clear up any confusion about what this good news. What is the good news? Here's the good news. This is the good news. The good news is that God, for God so loved the world that he gave. I mean, if you just put a period right there, and most of you know the rest of that, if you just put a period right there, we would go, wow, that's awesome. Because written in that culture in first century, I mean, it was anything but that God's loved and God's gave, right? I mean, if you want to write the first sentence of what, it what people would have thought about God's, it would have been, you know, God's played and squashed people was probably what, he, what you would have written about how they viewed gods back then. Gods didn't love. Gods didn't give. Gods, you know, killed our kids and squashed our crops, right? I mean, gods viewed, you think about all your ancient history that you learn and, you know, Greek mythology, I mean, right? All the movies, I mean, you look at Hercules movies, it was like gods were like the elite and like, you know, just <laughs> mocked people, right? So clearing up the confusion, he interjects in the middle of this story, writing about Jesus' exchange with Nicodemus. But here's what you want to know about God. Here's how God felt about you. Here's the good news. For God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So to clear up any confusion, what does he give? He gives his very best. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going I'm I'm to the, the, help mankind know who I am by me sending my very best to be with us and for him to model what I think about them and to go do something extravagant, to go do something awesome. This is good news. So, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son. And now here is when um, we're invited into the story at this point. John writes this down. He's, he's, he's penning this, I mean, perfectly. He's thinking through, how do I want to word this? How do I want to convey this so people really grasp who God is and how he feels about that? So he's writing, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, again, red and yellow, black and white, that, that's, that's everybody. Everybody's invited in. There's not some select group. Everybody's invited in that whoever, here's the word, believes in him. Now we know the rest of that verse. If we believe there's, there's something that, that, that we can have that we get if we believe. But I want to I want to just pause here just for a moment. And this is where the sermon kind of goes Greek and deep uh, Greek and deep, right? Uh, just for a couple minutes, but I want to show you this because I think this is like I don't know, this is just this has mesmerized me this last week. We see in scripture this word uh, believe is the Greek word pistuo right? I'm not trying to showcase my knowledge. I looked all this up, right? I, this word pistuo is, is, would be a common word for belief, right? This word pistuo would be this word that is like, uh, hey, I believe uh, as I walk out, there, there's going to be a biscuit out there for me, right? It's a simple belief. It's kind of like a, a casual belief. It's nothing like, you know, deeply rooted and heart moving huge. It's, it's kind of just I believe there's McDonald's down the street. I believe when I go out to the parking lot, my truck will be out there. I believe my wife's with me when we leave after today. And I'm glad I didn't show that video because then I would have wrestled with that conversation later. But I I believe my sweet daughter Ashley is sitting on the front row. That's just simple belief. But all of a sudden, and I've heard scholars express this before, all of a sudden he introduces a preposition, believes in. And scholars say that this is the first time that they've seen this in um, Greek language where they put those two words together to mean something so much bigger, that, better than that just simple belief. So all of a sudden we go from this word pistuo to pistuo ace, which is believes in. And now, where'd my, um, where'd my uh, little seat go? Here's this, let me grab this little seat over here real quick. All of a sudden we see this word, believe, go from just casual belief to all of a sudden, I'm going to believe in, I'm going to like literally take and lean into my, I'm going I'm to lean my belief into something where I'm just not going to place uh, some of my belief in it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to place all of my belief in this object, this believe in is literally us exchanging um, our hope and belief in anything else into this one particular object. I'm going to take... Whoa, did we just get loud? <laughs> wow, how did I do that? That's cool. I don't know how I did that. When, maybe when you sit on this pack, it does weird things. So all of a sudden, you see these two words come together, and it just goes from casual belief to this big belief that I'm going to exchange belief anywhere else, and I'm going to place the, all the weight of my belief in on this particular object. So, so, so John's writing this, and he's got, I want to help people clear this good news up, because there's, this is the greatest news of all time. So here we go. So for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes, 
shall not perish. The word perish there literally means that we would never cease to be, would not, have, would not perish, but would have something called eternal life. Now, up until then, people didn't know what this eternal life was. And John steals this word eternal life literally from Jesus. Jesus said in John 17, 1 through 3, John steals what Jesus said. So he writes it earlier in his John 3:16, but he steals it from John 17. When Jesus is praying, he says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son. Glorify me that your son glorify me so that I may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life. So what is eternal life? Well, he goes on, and in verse 3, it says, eternal life is that they may know you. So here we go. This eternal life is, is all of a sudden becoming something that's highly relational. He says eternal life is us knowing God. This is so foreign to anything that anybody ever believed about a God before. Now all of a sudden, God has sent his son. John's articulating why did, why did Jesus come and that, he, that he's offering us eternal life so that we would have an ongoing knowledge relationship with Jesus. Now this is like, like mind-boggling for people in the first century because, God, because gods were distant. Gods weren't loving God's weren't giving. God's weren't showing up saying, hey, I've got great news. If you believe in me, you'll never die. In fact, I'm going to give you knowledge of relationship with me that's going to go on forever. And it's simple. God loved. God gave. We believe. We receive. Say that with me. God loved. God gave. We believe. We receive. That's it. That's it. That's good news. That's good news. Now, let me just say this to you this morning. If you came in here today and you've wrestled with what you think about God, and maybe Christians or somebody else has ever make, made you feel condemned, made you feel like unworthy, or you were, you were bad, or you were they were better than you or looked down on you to clear up this confusion any long anymore uh, with with jesus coming and this being good news john goes on to say if anybody's still confused let me make sure that we're 100 completely clear so in john three seventeen, john goes on to say for god did not send his son into the world to what condemn the world but to save the world through him now, see, this is phenomenal news. And if you're here today and you've wrestled with how God views you, maybe because you recognize, like, man, I, I've blown it. I've done some really stupid stuff in my lifetime, and I feel condemned. Can I tell you, that's not from God. That's not his wish that you'd be condemned. In fact, the whole reason he sent his son was to uncondemn you. To take away what condemns you. So let me just say, if this sounds like, like too good to be true good news, it's the only thing that ever in life is too good to be true. This stuff right here, it is, it is 100% unadulterated, legit, 
good news. This is the greatest news ever since the idea of good news could be good news. And I just want today for this to be good news for you and for me. So here's my point today. It's your prerogative to decide if this is good news for you or not. And it, 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 it's completely on you. No one's, you know, I, I can't make you. No one can make you. But I just happen to believe, I really believe in this good news. I, I have believed it now for 27 or 28 years. And, I, and I'm going through life still learning more and more and more about how amazing this story is and how factual it is and how much you can look back in the Old Testament and all the predictions pointing to the Jesus that would come in the New Testament. And I keep on just like, wow, it's unbelievable. But I know that most of you are like me. We get to a place in life and we go, wow, I'm going through life and there's sometimes things just, you know, circumstances go awry and this time of the year, you know, makes me think of losing my mom or this time of the year makes me think, makes me think of my divorce or this time of year makes me think of all my screw-ups, all the things I've just, I've just blown it. And then all of a sudden we think of what John wrote. We think of how in the midst of life as he's writing to the Romans and to the Greeks and to the Gentiles and all, those, all the people that were around then, he had to think that that would continue. And I think that Jesus would have to hope that you came here this morning, that his good news would connect with you and lead us to a place of saying, God, I'm, I'm believing this. And today I'm going to exchange my belief in me or maybe in something else, and I'm going to place my whole belief and my whole trust in you. And so here's what I'm going to do in ending today. I'm going to offer up an opportunity for anyone in this room who would say, I believe the good news. I believe that that was written for such a time as this in my life today. And I just want to tell you that we had several people give their heart and life and make Jesus leader and forgiver of their lives last hour, just 45 minutes ago. A whole room of people said, I believe this stuff. And I'm going to make Jesus leader and forgiver of my life. And I just was like, wow, this is awesome. People got fired up. We cheered and celebrated. And I'm just betting. I'm just betting today. However you arrived here, whether some girl who was really cute invited you to church and you said, uh-huh, uh, or, or your wife bribed you with, I don't know, golf or a cool Christmas present or other, I don't know. But, but just maybe, just maybe, for such a time as this, God allowed you to be here, for you to have all the confusion, all the clutter pushed aside, and for you to recognize how God views you. He loves you, he proved it by giving his son to you, and he offers it to all of us that we could know him for all of eternity. (laughs) And my hope and prayer today is that you would Give your heart and your life to Jesus because he gave you his. Let's pray. God, as we close in prayer, and God, just even 
acknowledging that we can pray. We can pray to God. God, thank you that when you sent Jesus to this earth, he opened the door for, for complete personal relationship with you. And God, as we close here in this moment, God, I believe that there are people in this audience that walked in, separated from you, walked in, not connected to you, walked in, feeling shamed and condemned, dirty, bruised up and hurt because of, I mean, because of life, because of sin, because of uh, just the mess that we can, you know, either choose or just be a part of. But God, I pray in this moment, if there be anyone here that's, that would say today, I need, I need a Savior. That rescue that was Jesus coming to this earth to save the people from their sins, I want that. I want that rescue, that Savior, to be my Savior, to be my rescue. If that's you this morning, I'm just going to ask you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, would you just raise your hand so I could know that this prayer that we would count for you in just a moment. That's me, yeah. Raise your hand all over the room. I see, yeah, that's me. I want it to count for me. All over the room. What I love about the simplicity of the good news gospel message of Jesus, it was in John three sixteen. just said, if you believe, if you believe, you receive. If you believe, you receive. You put your hands down. You believe, you receive. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna close in a prayer. And you can, you can say it. You don't have to say it exactly the way I say it because there's no, there's no perfect little, nice little, tidy, you know, bowed up prayer. It's just, you believe that he, that he came and gave his life for you. Scripture says you will be saved. That, he'll, that, that what he did will count for you. So with everybody who, who would say that's me today, just pray with me. Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to be my Savior. I'm asking you to be the leader and forgiver of my life today. Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. Today, I believe, and today, I receive. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said together, amen.